Namaste, friends and family, and welcome back to the Wild Yoga Tribe podcast. Today, I am so delighted to be joined by Carlos Romero. He's a surfer yogi devoted yoga teacher from Venezuela. He's been immersed in a journey of self-exploration over the last 20 years and is the founder of Livin' Inspired. Carlos is the kind of yoga teacher who artfully curates every moment of the mind-body-spirit journey, leaving just enough space for silence. He has taught yoga all over the world and has been based in Bali for the last 12 years. So thank you so much, Carlos, for joining me on the show today. Thank you so much, Lily. It's been a delight, honor to to be able to, to connect with you and to be part of your incredible podcast and to share a little bit more about myself and and this um, powerful project that is Living Inspired. Wonderful. So could we get started with just hearing how you first got in tune and in touch with yoga? Well, I feel like yoga came in, into my life like one of those situations that it sets you up for the rest of your life and it's meant to be. I was in Venezuela. I was 16 years old and I was on a surf trip, staying in a tent, beautiful beach in Venezuela. It's called Cuyagua. I was getting out of the tent in the morning and watching the waves. And while I was just getting ready, waxing my pores, I looked to the side and I saw this couple doing these movements, these body shapes and in, in this like magnificent ritual and I got touched by that. I didn't go surfing for at least like an hour. I was just mesmerized observing this couple doing this thing and and when they finished I just approached them and I asked them what was that they were doing and and they say, Oh, we're doing yoga and for me I felt like a Shakti pot. As as soon as I heard the word, my whole body just responded to it. And I felt like I knew this word. And I was like, oh, wow, yoga. I want to do yoga. And then they said, yeah, you can come with us in the sunset. We go to this cliff and we do some yoga there. But I, I didn't follow up with that. But when I came back, I was 16 years old. So I came back home and I told my parents. And from there on, just like everything was all about yoga. Like my parents is, oh, there is this article in the newspaper. There is this magazine about yoga. And then I was just seeing the word everywhere. And I had a friend that he had a book from a yogi it's called Indra Devi. She was the first woman that it was being taught yoga by a traditional teacher. And her teacher was Krishnamacharya is well known as, as like the father of the modern yoga, what we know as yoga of today. He was the main teacher for who later on developed the Ashtanga lineage, BKS Ayengar, who developed the, the therapeutic yoga and the Ayengar method, among other teachers, of course. And then Indra Devi was on this tour in India and, and she was pretty well connected to to like very important kind of like political members in India. And she wanted to learn yoga. So Krishnamacharya was asked to teach this woman from the West yoga. And in that time in India, only the men were practicing this form of movement, this, this body art. So he kind of was being pushed to do this and, and she became one of her disciples. Her story is very beautiful because she says she has such a hard time just to be in the masculine way of, of teaching. And this is in the early 1900s. And, and later on, 
Indra Devi was well connected with Hollywood uh, scene and she ended up in, in teaching yoga to the West and also bringing yoga into South America. She was living in Argentina and she developed her own unique style based on these teachings. So she was one of the main influences from the West, like traditionally a, a Western person bringing, bringing yoga into the West. So my friend gave me this book, which was a, a six chapter, and it was like a six a week course. She was describing topics about philosophy and describing some asanas and getting to the therapeutic side of it. And I, I was just taking the book and I'm walking. I, I lived in Caracas, Venezuela. That's where I grew up. And I, we have this beautiful mountain. It's called El Avila. And, and that's kind of like the escape from the city to go and and do your exercises, beautiful waterfalls is, is like the main lungs of, of the city. So I used to go on my own and, and go for these walks into the mountain and finding a spot and reading the chapters and practicing uh, by myself. And that was for at least like a couple of years that I was doing that in this self-study. And I remember in that time I was so stiff. I my main, <laughs> I just laugh about it because my main goal was like, I would love to bend forward and, and touch my feet. My hands were maybe at the shin level or knee level. So, so I started just getting into that flexibility, which I feel is one of the first benefits that comes with this practice. So I, I went to the university and I studied pharmaceutical science. <laughs> I had dreadlocks in that time and, and everybody thought that I was maybe studying arts or something, but I was in the science of the pharmaceuticals. For a moment, I felt I was in this duality and, and, and it lasts for a few years. Feel that my heart was calling uh, yoga and yet being a teenager not knowing exactly what is the transition to what to do next after high school my parents support me to go into the Universidad Central de Venezuela which is like the main university in Venezuela it's really hard to get there it's a public university the public universities in Venezuela are the ones with the with the highest education and internationally recognized so it, it is difficult to get there so I didn't miss out on that opportunity. I felt a level of responsibility with my parents and with this uncertainty of who I am and, and what to do next to make a way of living. So I did that career. But in the meantime, I found a school of yoga there, the uh, Yoga Integral. That's the name in Spanish. And one time there was this exhibition from India. They had a, a crew from the Shivananda Ashram from India that they were in Venezuela. And they were doing an exhibition. What we see actually like in the stories of Krishnamacharya, he was traveling in India and offering demonstrations about the practice. And in that way, people were gaining back their essence with this practice and, and coming back into their roots. I went straight to the teacher and I just um, opened myself to learn more. And they said, well, we're running a Shivananda teacher training and it's 10 months to a year to 12 months uh, program. And I straight away say yes. And that's when I did my first teacher training. I was, that was in 2002. So I'm 38 years old at this moment. So that was 20 years ago. It was really powerful because Shivananda is such a foundation education. You learn not only about the asanas, but Sanskrit and philosophy and the rituals 
and the benefits of each pose in relation to the physiological aspect of us in the organs and the subtle body, the chakras. And that connected for a moment also when I was studying anatomy and physiology and in, in the university, in the career, that was the first moment where I found the, the connecting dots. It's like, okay, I'm not just studying something that I don't really, it don't really make sense for me right now because my passion and my love was uh, for yoga. But then realizing the connecting dots about understanding the body more on the science point of view and then seeing that in the practice, it inspired me to continue on the career. I started doing, after I did that year of education, I started doing donation classes in the faculty and mostly for anyone that was studying in there and for free. And it, it's a five-year degree, so I would say for the last three to four years of the career, I was teaching for free these classes Funny thing is that after graduated and I work in some pharmaceutical companies, I was also always inviting people to experience yoga and was working during the day on it. And then in the night, I was teaching yoga in a couple of studios. So I felt like kind of like Superman or Spider-Man story. You were in a suit and everything during the day and then while I'm driving to the shala, <laughs> I was just like putting my tie pants and flip-flops and then feeling like, oh, I'm back to myself. And, and now I get to do uh, what I love the most. And, and my colleagues, they were always saying, I feel like your, this is your hobby <laughs> and, and your real job is teaching yoga. And true enough, after I had the opportunity to make some funds maybe by the age of 25 or 26 then i got this opportunity to teach in costa rica or moving to bali and live in bali which was a dream and i arrived in bali and since then i've been living in bali until now for for 12 years and i feel that has been such a blessing that's kind of part of my story <laughs> It's amazing, Carlos, all of the synergy that had to happen and all the synchronicity of just being that day on the beach and intending to surf, but instead watching yoga instead, and then your friend gifting you the book from Indra Dev, and then seeing the Shivananda practitioners and then diving in that way. It just seems the universe was guiding you in that direction. And I love that you never seemed to let it go. Even when you were learning and studying and at university, you were still as you said, kind of living that double life, but then of course soon made the transition to be a full-time yoga teacher abroad. I, I think it's such a gorgeous story. Yeah, it, it, it is definitely a beautiful and, and powerful like recognition. Even now while I'm sharing my story, I feel that maybe this was something related to one of my past lives or something where yoga was something really like it was part of my life because I don't think it's by chance that I got so connected just by hearing the word. One of the main things for me is that there is no rooftop for expansion and growth. And even though there is uh, 20 years of journey in, in this ancient art and I feel that every day I, I feel inspired to learn more and, and every year I get to go some of my teachers and, and continue learning. So that's one way has been taking me to, to learn so many different styles of yoga from Indra Devi and Krishnamacharya into 
Shivananda and then into Ashtanga, which was mostly the main practices in Venezuela back in the day. There was a lot of Ashtanga happening, so it was kind of easy to immerse myself into that, which I feel in the beginning of my uh, journey with this practice is such a powerful foundation. You get to learn the Ujjayi breath and the synchronicity between breath and movement and that kind of fullness of, of presence and, and connection. I feel like it's just been unfolding as I'm reaching uh, into a level of exploration that it, it kind of opening another uh, aspect of myself that now is in synchronicity with another form, if that makes sense. Absolutely, it does. I think there's so much growth and transformation that occurs and the beautiful processes of that change and that evolution through yoga. I would love for you to share with our listeners too, Carlos, what is your personal definition of yoga? I feel like I still having like new insights of what yoga means, means for me. It kind of makes sense because as we continue diving into our own inner experiences with these with this practice there is more to be seen and more to be acknowledged and recognized from within so we know in these days that uh, yoga comes from that root yug sanskrit word that means union and for me one of the main uh, things that comes strongly is it's the word intimacy i feel that it's very easy to relate intimacy to the intimacy that we can share with others, what if it's with our families, friends, beloveds, and and that like love, intimacy. I also see intimacy as words that comes together into me, I see. And that makes it even more profound and in sync with the word union and yoga itself, because every time we dive into these practice and we close the eyes and take a deep breath everything that is happening on the outside and even the fluctuations in the mind they they get to settle and as they slow down we get an opportunity to actually experience what in the moment within ourselves and just the fact that we can take a deep breath and now we get to feel like it's a sensation that we get to see it, moving it through our nostrils and our throats and lungs and everything now becomes alive from within. And the fact that happens, it, it's amazing because now we get to, to relate to the places in our bodies that are operating on an unconscious level and, and these places, these areas in our bodies are the ones that are sustaining our optimal state of living. So when I take a deep breath in that sense of intimacy, I get to experience union with my lungs. I get to experience connection with my heart. And even if I'm not doing a pose or I'm not putting the head, the foot in the back of my head, I could be walking on the street and taking a pause and stop and take a deep breath and feel the breath moving through my body. That second that we get into this relationship, that for me, it's also a way of, of being in yoga because it's creating the thread, it's creating the connection between my body 
not only my physical body, but the, the subtle aspects within myself. And the union is happening. I just taking a moment to close the eyes and experience a moment of silence and, and taking a deep breath. That's beautiful. And I couldn't agree more about yoga being intimacy, because for me, that means just going closer with consciousness, with gentleness, with love and seeking that union. And I feel that when I'm meditating, when I'm breathing, when I'm practicing asana, it is with that gentle, compassionate, loving energy that I'm trying to cultivate very mindfully. And I'm so glad you expanded on it for our listeners as well so that they can think about it in that way as a union with ourselves. And Carlos, I did want to ask too, in the beginning when you said you first saw yoga practitioners on the beach, you described it as a magnificent ritual. I would love for you to share with our listeners more about rituals and the importance of developing or honoring rituals in our practice and in our lives. Rituals becomes like the day-to-day -day life experience. In Bali, you may wake up in the morning and just open your doors and there might be a sweet Balinese just in front of your door already putting early morning some prayers and putting an incense with some offerings. It makes you stop for a second and appreciate that which is invisible but is, is there, which is spirit. I feel that ritual is an action that takes us closer to that invisible force which is spirit and which is the self. And the power of ritual, it's something that I feel especially in these times that we are living, is an action that is helping us so much to, to come back into our true nature and to be able to create or make decisions, not from the pressure that is outside coming from the news or the external situation happening globally, rather from what is that inner guidance asking me. And probably the action that is helping us to connect with spirit, to connect to that inner voice, we can call it intuition, we can call it the soma, many words to relate to that intelligence, that wisdom within ourselves. The action that could be as simple as closing the eyes and taking a few conscious breaths or lighting up a candle in front of an altar and making that action a moment of presence right there is a ritual. Even the practice itself, going into a sun salutation or arriving into a specific pose, it becomes a ritual because it's helping us to connect closer to our essence and to our spirit. I feel that when we run these trainings and the con these containers, that is the essence behind that action that becomes so precious and so valuable for our well-being and ritualizing our lives with simple things, with simple actions. And if each one of us as human beings, the millions of human beings in this planet, we get a moment to awaken to that aspect as simple as taking a few moments, a few minutes to close the eyes and breathe into ourselves. And that is being seen as a ritual for our souls, for our spirits, for our bodies. It could create a powerful shift in the way we live in, individually and in the collective. 
So that action for me is equal to ritual. Incredible. I am so glad you talked about as well here, Carlos, the raising the consciousness through collective movement and ritual and spirituality, because I know that's something that's a big pillar of your company, of living inspired, of all the offerings that you have. So I would love for you to talk about living inspired. I know for my listeners, there's no G, it's not living inspired, it's living inspired. And of course, I'll link to it in the show notes, wherever you're listening to podcasts, as well as on my website, wildyogatribe.com. So Carlos, can you share more with our listeners about living inspired and what catalyzed you to create it? Living Inspired is a way of cultivating an authentic and a vibrant lifestyle. It's one of the main aspects of what I see as a vision and a mission for us through Living Inspired. we creating containers in which the diving into the experience, it can create that, that returning back home, returning back into ourselves to be able to observe and listen to where the heart is calling. Through Living Inspired, we aim to create an experience, a platform, a container that is helping us to take a pause into all of those turbulence that are affecting us on a subtle or on a very clear, strong way. And, and taking a moment to, to come back into ourselves. So I feel really passionate through this way of experiencing yoga as a lifestyle. Because when we dive into these containers through Living Inspired and, and, and we get to touch our essence and our true nature, and, and now we feel in union, we feel connected, we feel grounded, and that's why I love saying that as we raise this consciousness within us, that is going to create a ripple effect in the collective. And I feel as yoga is the more we practice, we realize that it's not only being in a container of the mat, that when we get out of the mat and we get to experience life itself, we have some tools and these resources may help us to now see yoga as a way of living that is supporting us to be in our full potential, to create our own ritual of life, yoga as a way of living. Thank you so much for sharing more about Living Inspired. And Carlos, can you tell our listeners more about yoga in Venezuela and what that was like in the past or where you see it going in the future in terms of styles or popularity or anything else you'd want to share about the yoga scene in Venezuela? Venezuela, my homeland. I miss Venezuela so much. Um, Venezuela is in the top of South America. Venezuela is it's been privileged with an incredible weather. It, it, it's facing the Caribbean Sea, so we have incredible beaches and, and beautiful islands with super crystal water. We also have in the southwest of Venezuela the, the beginning of the Andes, and we have mountains with a high altitude where there is snow. But then also we have like incredible flatlands and we have on the other side a meeting with the Amazon and we have these ancient 
mountains that they are like plateaus, like tabletop mountains, they call tepuis. In one of them, which is called the Ajan Tepui, it's where the highest waterfall in, in the world is, the Angels Falls. In terms of yoga, it's mostly happening in, in Caracas, at least when I was living there, Caracas, the capital, that was where mostly the that culture it was growing. In these days, definitely there is more yoga in many different states. When I was there, the yogis, the yoga practice, it was really strong. I feel like in many other cities, yoga becomes that, that medicine, that scape out of work and a moment to, to reconnect with yourself. So the yoga studios were always super packed. Everybody wants to do like strong practices, more dynamic practices, Ashtanga or Vinyasa or power yoga. And when I flew to Venezuela, one of my first time after being in Bali, I started bringing the yin aspect into Venezuela. There were also all the teachers um, exploring the practice. And now in these days, I feel like it's, it's really balanced with yin dynamic practices. I dream with Venezuela coming back to the place where I grew up 20 years ago, where none of these insecurities and difficulties were as such a extreme. It was actually the number one country in South America going towards like first world country on one way. And in these days, it's very sad that it's been taken by, by all of these corruption. I dream with Venezuela coming back to be that country where I grew up. And I feel the people is really strong with the practice of yoga. I see my friends on social media. When I talk to them, I see them having their classes always full. And that for me, just make my heart happy. Beautiful. Thank you for sharing about Venezuela with us, Carlos. Can you also share your offerings that you offer online and in person in case our listeners want to tap into them and to get to know you better as well? Yes, thank you so much. Online at the moment, we have a 200-hour a yoga teacher training. We have also the yin trainings. I have two different yin yoga trainings that can be done together and people can get a hundred hour education on specifically on yin yoga the one of them is called unwinding basically they both are in relation to the holistic approach to the practice not only understanding the physical aspect and the poses and the benefits of them but in addition to that adding the other branches of healing intertwining together to create a more holistic approach. And we have the other 50 hours is called rewiring, which is about unlocking the subtle aspects of the healing journey. And now this one becomes a, a deeper experience because then we tap into the journey of embodiment and, and then we dive into the somatic experience, understanding the soma has, as the wisdom within ourselves, as the intelligence that goes all the way to the cellular level and how by decoding that through presence, through meditation, through different resources, practices, we can attune into our true nature. And one of the most excited features of those trainings is that 
all of the practices supported with sound. We have moments in which we offer in sound journeys, just the journey itself with sounds and and other episodes in which is the practice itself with these sound journeys that we have been recording in our in-person expressions of yin 100-hour trainings in Bali. We have a collective of, of musicians, including myself, and three or four more in which we play cellos and guitars and chants from different traditions, Sanskrit and Spanish, English, flutes, handpans, hand drums, medicine music, and all of these, it's covered and held by binaural frequencies and solfeggio frequencies, which are all in relation to brainwave enchantment, dropping into the gammas and deltas, brain waves, like the, the most deeper brain waves that are connected to our subconscious and by decoding our subconscious through all of these resources. So those are the, the programs that we're running online. They can be done, all of them, at a self-pace at any time. And I feel really blessed that that is an, an opportunity for this vision of Living Inspired to continue to reach more and more. Uh, people out there and we have a few trainings in-person trainings happening we basically have 500 hour educations we have 200 hour foundational the reading passage in person which is happening in july the 10th to the 31st without an experience training in bali at the yoga barn in the boot and on the other hand we have our 300 hour uh, program which is happening in may 8 to the 18th and we have the other 100 hours called infinite circularity to dive into the linear practices and also into non-linear practices and how we can integrate them into a journey of expansion of consciousness through the body. It's all about ultimately understanding flow state and the art of embodiment. So excited about them and especially with the synchronicity of some countries opening more and Bali opening as well to welcome anyone that feels it's ready to to have a break from home and jump into an adventure in Bali and get nourished by the beautiful energy of the land, the devotion of the people and, and the depth of these incredible journeys that we're hosting here to, to come and, and join us. Amazing. Thank you so much, Carlos, for sharing your uh, offerings with our listeners and all of the ways that they can tap into your vast well of knowledge and generosity. So thank you so much for being with me today. It has been a true joy to be with you. Thank you so much. I'm so grateful to be part of this journey and looking forward to continue uh, connecting. And I hope this, this opportunity with this podcast inspired others to continue in their journey with this powerful ancient art of yoga. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the Wild Yoga Tribe podcast. My conversation with Carlos Romero, a yoga teacher from Venezuela and the founder of Livin' Inspired, was so illuminative as we took a deep dive into the synchronicity and transformation that has occurred on Carlos's path of yoga. Carlos defined yoga as intimacy, as moving closer to ourselves and experiencing union and connection with our own lungs, our own hearts, and our own selves.
I hope this conversation made you want to turn a little closer towards yourself. Thank you for listening to the Wild Yoga Tribe podcast. Be well.